Welcome to This is for the CV, Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit. This is a podcast by Anthony and Rebecca, two professors in communication and political science, chatting about politics, pop culture, and the things in between. This week, we chat about the early days of 2021, including our hopes and goals and what we binged over the holiday break. And we chat about the Georgia runoff election, which I thankfully predicted incorrectly, the phone call between Trump and the Georgia Secretary of State, and the future of the Republican Party and politics in general. Hi there. We want to include a note before this week's episode. We recorded this episode on Tuesday, the day before the attack on the United States Capitol. So this episode does not reflect that reality, though it does speak to the tensions being stirred intentionally through misinformation by elected officials. We will have much more to say about it in the future. Suffice to say, we are angered and saddened along with most of the rest of the country. Thanks for listening. Hello, Anthony. Hello, Rebecca. Happy 2021. 2021. Feels good to say it. It's good to see you. Mm-hmm. It's good to see you too. It does feel good to say it. How did you ring in the new year? Uh, how did I ring in the new year? I um there was some champagne, not the kind I wanted, but the kind at H E B. <laughs> the kind that was available. Because the kind I wanted is sold out everywhere. Moet, Nectar, Imperial, for those that know. Uh, oh, you get fancy. Yeah, I, I, we rang in the new year watching uh, reruns of MTV's The Challenge, because that's like my favorite jam. And I, there's so many seasons that I haven't seen, and they're on CBS All Access. So I'm like, man, there's 20 seasons of this show. So, you know, I know you, it, it's not the- Do you have a hot take on Coral? Oh, Coral's an OG for a long time. And then, but her exit from the show, you think she was paid off? Oh, I ain't got there yet. I don't know why she exited the show. Mm, okay, no spoilers then. Okay, <laughs> I don't know. Man, that is taking me back. I haven't thought about. And then they had the road rolls, and then they would bring what's the other one where they all lived in the house together? Real world eight versus right, right. Road so rules. it started off as the real world road rules challenge, but then they dropped all the Got pretense, it. and now it's just the challenge. And I still watch the challenge. Like, there's a new season on right now with like people oh, from Survivor this. and Beastmaster and pro wrestlers, and Lolo Jones is on there. Like, this is like <laughs> this is an athletic competition. Like, they out there playing for a million dollars. Like, it's real money out there. Okay, <laughs> a lot of people got into Survivor this like toward the end of 2020 maybe it's because it's on netflix i mean i'm sure that's why but a lot of people were talking to me about survivor like have you ever watched it like you mean back in the 90s yeah i mean it was 2000 but still yeah i had a lot of love for survivor for a while i think there was something about 2020 that made people want to watch it Mm. (laughs) yeah let's see these people battle it out manipulate each other maybe so what about you i would be horrible on that <laughs> just terrible i don't care like, guys let's talk let's unpack our feelings i don't care um I, oh yeah that's right <laughs> you don't camp um what did we do i the one family member uh, from my family that i saw over the break is my sister who's had covid and her and her boyfriend were um we did an airbnb type thing cabin in the woods mm over the break and then we came back to our house and we played it was a wild night we played <laughs> poker we played hold'em and we played categories and rama cube and then at some point that transitioned into just us cueing different old songs that we liked into our new system because ben got some nice speakers don't ask me what kind because nice. i wouldn't know but he knows they're nice yeah. i know they're nice because he made me ask how much they cost and i did not like the, t- the number then at some point, someone said, should we have an emo dance party? Oh. And we said, yeah. And we listened to just old school, <laughs> absurd emo music till like two in the morning. There was no champagne, but there were other beverages. I heard that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it was fun. It was a good way to just shake it all off. Yeah, it was, I mean, 
I ain't look at my email from like the end of the semester until like three days ago, really. Like, oh, good for you. We, we was off. Mm-hmm. And there's some things that I got to do this week and next week, and I'll do them, but I wasn't doing them. Nah, I was playing Red Dead Redemption. I finished that guy, beat that game, I, and started oh. a new playthrough. Like, I'm like, okay, we're finally oh. finishing this. It took two years. Had some other mm-hmm. things to do, like a diss and jobs and whatnot, but I knocked it out. Not. And it was beautiful and emotional. <laughs> and I'm playing it again. That's how dope it is. It'll probably take I another think you beat two Andrea. years. I don't think she's been able to carve out the time. No, she finished. She finished oh, like she finish? four or five okay. months ago. She oh, texted okay. me. She was like, I'm done. I was like, nice. <laughs> Good for her. Uh, as you know, it's it's hard for her to get away with, you know, playing hours of video games with kids. So yeah, it's a heavy lift. But I'm like, whatever, man. Lizette you carve was out off. The time. We doing it. Nice. Did she play video games? She does not. She does not. She used to play like Tiger Woods. You know, like mm. she was good at Tiger Woods. She has skills. When the Wii came out, like she was real good at the bowling. Oh, yeah. But nah, yeah. gaming like that, like, nah. Because to play video games at a relatively decent level, you have to memorize the controller. And, you know, Red Dead, like, every button does something, like, every one. And you mm. got to. You have to have a familiar, like a PlayStation controller is like an extension of my hand at this point. Like I've been holding one of those since I was like 14 years old. So it, it's just tactile. It's like, yeah, that's just a body part. It's getting back on a bike. Yeah. I feel like I could be really good at video games and I would love it, but I feel like it would take over my life. Like I would get obsessed and think about it all the time. So I have not delved into legit games in a long time. Yeah, it takes it takes a monumental effort to get me off the shelf. Like I'm not playing nah. It's gotta be epic at this point in my life. But Red Dead is that game. <laughs> it is worth it. Fair enough. Oh, so before we dive into just how twenty twenty one's looking a lot like twenty twenty still, for at least a few more days. Um, what did you watch over the break? Anything noteworthy? Uh what did I watch? Um, I watched Die Hard 1 and 2. Those are Christmas movies. Oh. Absolutely. We watched Die Hard. Um, I watched this um, Oliver Stone film called Savages that I hadn't seen in a long time. I watched everything DC Comics related. So Batman versus Superman, Justice League. First Wonder Woman, Aquaman, the flat, all that, you know, just leading up to Wonder Woman 1984. Watched all that. That was good. Did you watch 84? Yeah. What'd you think? I liked it. I was fine with it. People were pissed off about it for some reason. People said it was too long, I guess, but it was fine. Like, you know, there's a definite worldview being expressed, but it was fine. Yeah. It it always amuses me how serious people take movies that have been adapted from comic books, especially when they follow along with the comic books pretty fairly. People take them real, real serious. Same thing with Star Wars. There's just absolutely no way that you can release a Star Wars film and people enjoy it. Although the Mandalorian kind of proves me wrong. Man. That I finished that. Oof. Good. Got me in my feels. Little Grogu. So cute. Yeah, Mandalorian is good stuff. I don't have no problem with no Star Wars, anything like I'm fine with all of it because I'm not invested. I just go, I watch it, I'm like, word, and we keep it moving. I get that. We started watching all, after we finished The Mandalorian, we started watching all of the Star Wars films. It was my ploy to just ro- watch Rogue One again because I'm one of the <laughs> few One's people good. that like loves yeah, Rogue One like above it. them it's all. Really I just, oof, I could watch that. Like, if I'm sick on the couch, that's what I'm going to turn on. And I've made been watched a lot. So that was my ploy to do that. But we made it to a new hope. Okay. So just the films. We didn't watch Clone Wars no, or anything like that. No. Mm-mm. Do you need too do many you need to? Like You don't. You don't need to. Uh, there are people that would be deeply offended. I know. <laughs> I know. And they're like, you know, Rosario Dawson's character in the Mandalorian is getting her own show. And they're like, yeah, she's a big deal in Clone Wars. I'm like, I never know. But I'm sure they'll catch me up on the real show, right? Like with actual people in it, not cartoons, right? 
that's what the show does such a good job of. It's, there's plenty of stuff in there for people who are diehard fans, but just I can pop into it and follow it too. And I get some of the references, but I'm sure I miss way more than I get. Watch The Flight Attendant. Have you seen that? Heard about it. Want to watch it. Haven't watched it. I told you I'm on a challenge deep dive right now. Everything It's all sure. about the challenge. But yeah, I've it's heard good, great things about The Flight Attendant. And, <laughs> and, and uh, I started, uh, what's that show? The Queen's Gambit. I watched the two two episodes of that. That's fantastic. I watched both of those over the break. Oh, all, you're the done Queen's with both. Gambit. Oh, I'm wow. finished both. Okay. They're both short. They're mini series, basically. And The Flight Attendant, I, I don't see it having a season two. I think it's done what it set out to do. Mm. Unless it's one of those things where it's kind of like a, an anthology and it picks up somewhere else or doing something different. Or someone becomes, I don't know, some spy or something. Um, but yeah, no, they're both good. They're well-made shows. Let's see. This one's a little embarrassing, but I stand by it. I watch The Wilds. I don't know what that is. Well, <laughs> no, I don't know it's basically is. like Lord of the Flies and Teenage Girls plus Lost. Lord of the Flies, Teenage Girls. and that I mean, that's all the same thing. Lord of the Flies is Teenage Girls. Okay, so, okay, okay. All right. Yeah, fair, fair enough. I take your point. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. I think it's like, what, six or six girls? That gets stranded on this island, very lost, like we quickly found find out. This is not a spoiler. It's like first episode. There, It wasn't just an accident. And so these girls are being messed with. And then each episode, you get the backstory of the girl, kind of like you did with Lost. Mm. And, and then it also drives the major pl- plot along. It's pretty good. There are times when it's a little... The suspension of disbelief that you're being asked for is a little high mm-hmm. <laughs> for my threshold. Mm-hmm. There are times when it gets a little off the rails, but overall, I mean, it's engaging and it's bingeable for sure. It's fun. Okay. And good writing, decent acting throughout. Yeah. And it was also cool because they actually look like teenagers. I mean, they're tw- in their 20s, but it wasn't 35-year-olds playing 16-year-olds. Right. And, you know, some of them have acne and, you know, just like normal human people playing this. And they look terrible when they're out there because they're like sunburned and dirty they, they don't look like vogue models mm-hmm. <laughs> while stranded on an island mm-hmm. so there were there were elements of it that i found pretty realistic that i like yeah i watched before the devil knows you're dead and things to do in denver when you're dead two oh, movies what's that? that are intertwined like things to do in denver when you're dead is like some gangster stuff about some gangster people doing gangster stuff that didn't go right uh, okay. But with a bunch of people you like and know, Andy Garcia, Christopher Walken, Steve Buscemi, Ooh. right? All like, right. Like, it's a great cast. Yeah. Before the Devil Knows You're Dead is uh, Marissa Tomei and Ethan Hawke we'll and Philip Seymour Hoffman um, all just throwing a thousand miles an hour. I'm writing this down. Rewatch Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. The first time I saw it, I didn't like it. But upon rewatch, I co-signed that. Oh, you like that. it? Yeah. Is that because the author passed away? Nah, it's just because I've been putting it off and I was like, I don't want to watch that again. I didn't like it. But then I'm like, I need to watch it again because people I respect like it. So I need to see if they're, you know, just trolling me, you know, like, I, because That's I feel funny. like I know what I'm talking about when it comes to this stuff. And I'm like, if I ain't like it, there's a reason. But did you really like it this time or do you feel like there was pressure to like it? So you found things. The first time I saw it, it was with a group of people and they wouldn't shut up. It's a movie that needs to be watched quietly mm-hmm. the first time. Like, there's some stuff you need to be aware of that if people are talking, you might not be, and you'll lose whole swaths of the movie if you're not paying oh, attention. Oh, I see. Last night, we watched two scary movies. Mm. Tigers Are Not Afraid. It's a Mexican film. It's kind of reminiscent of Pan's Labyrinth. I recommend it. I mean, it's it's a little bit of a gut punch, though, because it's about kids that are orphaned by cartel violence. And then there's also this sort of like fanciful world going on because when their school is shot at, a teacher breaks three pieces of chalk and hands it to the girl. And she's like, these are three wishes. And so she uses those three wishes throughout. And there's like some other elements where kind of in the, the nature of Pan's Labyrinth, you can believe that all of those things are happening, or you can believe that just the realistic world exists and that's it. And the storyline works both ways. Mm-hmm. So it was good. The actors were good. It was very sad though. And then summer of 84, 
we were like, we need a little bit of a palate cleanser. This looks fun. It's, you know, kids in the summer of 84, you see the Reagan Bush sign, yard signs, and they're convinced that one of their friends next door neighbors is a serial killer and they're going to catch him and take him down. So I felt like it was very Hardy Boys mm. and it turned out to be way heavier than that. <laughs> so like way heavier than that. Because uh, it turns out, you know, serial killers of children is not the lighthearted palate cleanser. But they're both worth watching. They're both really good. Okay. I know you don't do scary too often, though. Nah, nah, it's not my jam. And and those, the, what you're describing is like stuff that can that actually goes down. So I'm like, okay, this isn't supernatural race from the dead sociopath. This is like real right, people doing right. real stuff with young kids, which you probably aren't wouldn't find entertaining. I'm never. I don't like any. I don't like seeing any violence on TV that's directed at kids. Like, like I almost stopped, like me and my brother had this conversation. Like we almost really stopped watching Dexter when mm, that one scene mm-hmm. happens and he just in the bathroom. With all, I'm just like, you did that to a child to get those shots. Like I'm pissed at you for that. Like mm, <laughs> I did not, mm-hmm. I did not appreciate that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah. No, they're heavy. They're heavy. They're good films. I think they're done well, hopefully in a way that wasn't traumatizing for kids. They're, it's not like gruesome what's happening. It's suggestive. We know we're horrified. I don't think the actors were. Mm. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. But yeah. But I also, if you don't want to sign up for that, I 100% understand. <laughs> uh. All right. Speaking of signing up for stuff, <laughs> let's talk about what's happening. Let's do it. Where where do you want to start? So let's see, maybe the phone call. Okay, yeah. Let's okay. Yeah. Let's talk about Georgia. Georgia's got a couple things going on. A uh, an illegal phone call with the Secretary of State and an election today. So have you looked? Have you been following polls or the election at all? I've been trying to stay away from it. I really have. Like the only the only thing that drew me back was the phone call. Right. Mm-hmm. Like tangentially, I've been keeping a little bit of tabs on like what congressional Republicans are like signing on to the madness just so I can be aware. Like, oh, yeah, who's in, you know, in two, three years, who 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 did that? Right. I and mean, it's easy when, you know, half your senators are out here going ham. But yeah. So I don't know. You probably got more of it surrounded than I do. I've also taken a break. So I I have followed the polls just a little bit. And as of this morning, they're two point races. They've stayed about that tight roughly throughout. And they're two points in favor of Democrats, but those are within the margin of error. And if we learned anything from the 2020 polls, it's that when they're called in the wrong direction, that wrong direction is always Democrats. There's potentially a couple issues with our polling in terms of who's answering and and the sampling methods. And so it's really just anyone's anyone's game. So I think it'll probably be one Democrat wins, one Republican wins. Yeah, I think that is fair. And I think I think it reflects the candidates, right? Like Leffler, she's not a good candidate. She just ain't. And she was appointed, not elected. And people who are appointed and garbage candidates, it's like mm-hmm. you were appointed and you're you're not with it. Right? Like And she's had time to learn really anything about how government works and play catch up. And she's chosen not to. She's decided to stay ignorant and just have no working knowledge of our government while wanting to be in one of the most powerful positions within it. So right. So this the this this is and you teach this as well as I do. And I say it all the time, politics is about winning first. Mm-hmm. But I guess the 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 thing that is troubling is that people these politicians have lost it's like winning over everything else and I don't know who I am. It's like mm-hmm. you should you you should figure out who you are and what you stand for and what you're about. 
the consultant's going to come consult. The people is going to come be the people and try to sway you to do this or that. But it's your name on the ballot and it's right. your reputation long term. These consultants, mm-hmm. they will jump from one candidate to another in a heartbeat and not even give you another thought. So mm-hmm. you got to stay true to whatever it is that you believe in. But what we're seeing here, full full sale, is right. I don't care what I believe. I'm trying to win. And these are calculated, okay, whatever I think is going to get me in is what gets me in as opposed to I stand for some things. And if they don't like the cut of my jib, so be it. I'll go back to doing what I was doing before. But nobody wants to go back to doing what they were doing before. They show mm-hmm. up. They show out and they're like, man, this 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 Congress thing is pretty dope. It's a pretty good gig. I want to stay for life. And I just don't I don't believe in people staying for life. You ain't that ain't a politics politics ain't no job. It's a service role. And the best servants are temporary. At, at the national, you know, it's just everybody done forgot who they are. And they just chasing after the power. And uh, I don't like it. I mean, I can't. Yeah. I think that's mirrored in what's happening with the 100 plus members of the House and the what, 12 or so that list senators? Is yeah, 12, 13. Yeah. Okay. That are trying to pull some shenanigans that they know won't work. And it won't affect the outcome of this election. Nope. It's been decided. Votes have been certified. There is no decertification, posi- you know, nothing. That doesn't work. This commission that Cruz is calling for and trying to compare to the election of 1876, that commission didn't overturn the election results, even though Republic or Democrats in the South legitimately falsified records and refused to let African-Americans vote. Like they had evidence of that. There was actual evidence of voter fraud and that commission, Congress made sure not to give it any investigative powers because they were like, oh, that's a problem. We don't want to set that precedent. So even if he gets this commission, which he won't, it wouldn't do anything. You can't change electors votes once they've been cast. And the one thing the um, constitution is clear on is that all states electors have to vote on the same day. That day was December 14th. It's done. There's literally nothing to do about it. So it won't change anything. Biden will be sworn in on January 20th. But I worry that we've got hundred over 100 people now, elected officials who know the law, who are willing to put their name on something that they know is basically sedition just because they didn't like the outcome. That precedent is, if you're a comparativist in political science, we're like, oh, that's another nail in the coffin of democracy, because then it's not as wild and and unheard of when it happens again. And Republicans, you know, aren't the only ones. It's not like Democrats will be immune to this, doing these same shenanigans if it happens with them. Who knows? We don't have that crystal ball. But the fact that so many people are just trying to overturn results because they don't like it because of that proximity to power because they don't want Trump to be mean to them mm-hmm. so they can run again in 2024. It's just wild to me or 2022, depending. I think it's highly short-sighted mm-hmm. and doesn't, if you ain't won no popular vote sans George Bush, you should be doing everything you can to keep, the system in place with regard to individual states and the electoral college. And if you start trying to go down the road of Congress being able to override states in a nation that is significantly democratic, right? And by democratic, you mean like for democracy? I mean... More people are going to lean toward Democrats than conservatives. That's what I mean. And so that's already baked in. And the only thing that counterbalances that popular majority is the Electoral College. And with Trump and his phone call, it's like, this, this is the whole jam. He don't care about election fraud. That's not what he cares about. 
Because if he cared about it, he'd be trying to figure out like what irregularities can we rectify? But he's got a number in mind. He's like, I just need this many votes. Find. I need these votes. We won, and I need this number to say so. I need it. That that's not you don't care about fraud because Mm -mm. if you would have won by that many, you wouldn't be saying nothing. And then suggesting that he could get into criminal trouble if he doesn't find those votes for him. And to be clear, I think that the story was so wildly shared that anybody listening probably knows what we're talking about. But we're talking about the recorded conversation between Donald Trump and the Georgia Secretary of State. It's it's over an hour. There's a few other people on the call, but he is pushing heavily on the Secretary of State to basically undo the election results, go find more votes for him and overturn the results. And it, sh- it shouldn't it shouldn't come down like a whole state's credibility shouldn't come down to one dude. It shouldn't come down mm-hmm. to one office. It shouldn't come down to the secretary of state like. And you're a Republican. That's like it's the votes. It's the votes, man. That position certifies it, but that's why it's a decentralized system not only in terms of each state has its own system, but within the state, it's also decentralized. So some of what the Secretary of State does is rubber stamping. If you're going to be in politics, we talked about this probably a month ago, if you're going to be in politics, you can't start questioning the votes. Whatever Mm -hmm. election questions you have, whatever things you wanted to talk about, whatever irregularities, you got to bring that up before the votes start getting counted, before the election starts. That's your time to be in the course talking trash, saying, hey, these machines over here is a little jacked up. We need to, oh, this process in this state, I don't like it. Whatever you got to do. But once the stuff starts going and you're going to be a politician, because the same senators and the same Congress people is on the same ballots as the president. We throwing out all the votes? Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. So you guys get to keep your seats, but you're going to throw out the ballot with at the top of the ballot. Is over here talking about this, this this ain't real. Well then if that if the yeah. ballot ain't real at the top, it ain't real toward the anywhere on the ballot. Right. That's because that's how voting works. We don't get separate ballots for it's different like my offices. ballot had a ton of stuff on. You it. get the one ballot. They're counted using the same measures and oversight measures. The technology is the same. They're on the same ballot. And yet for some reason it's amazing. It's only it's the only president. It's only Trump. that ba- it's it's only that part of the ballot that we're talking about. And to your point, Georgia, a newly elected Georgia representative who was sworn in yesterday, Marjorie Taylor Greene, she said hey, that's that QAnon woman. They right? were that's asked the QAnon woman. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 She's she's wild. She was asked if all elections should be decertified in Georgia because she she says, oh, the results should be decertified, which again, that's that's just not a thing. Um, and she said, we're just talking about the president's race, not mine. Yeah. Yeah, I bet I bet she oh. is. Oh. Uh yeah, I bet you are. So there's madness. It's not going to change the actual, you know, outcome of Biden becoming president, but there's enough people that do not understand the process that are being whipped up into a frenzy. You've got Louis Gomer Ooh. out here calling for violence. Yeah. Um and so, and you just don't have enough people in the Republican Party pushing back. You do have voices. I do appreciate those that are doing that. We've got Paul Ryan showing up and saying some yeah, stuff. Yeah, saw Paul Ryan sighting. Oh, he's peeking his head mm-hmm. out. He's looking around. He's like, hmm, what's this climate like? Is it time for me to yeah, come nah, back tw- yet? You ain't yeah. going to see him in no 2024. No, nah, he, 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 he's 2030 something. He's going to show up with gray hair. He's waiting like, for the dust to settle. Right, guys. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. Can you forget that I didn't hold Trump accountable now? Is it time? Yep. Anywho, but that's that's what I can get concerned about is the lasting impact and the fact that there are enough people that have doubt sewn into them because they're not over here spending time understanding the process. Yeah, I. you know me, Rebecca. There are absolute truths. I mm-hmm. believe that, right? But- Absolutely. But we live we live in a society where truth is relative now. And truth is only bolstered by the strength of your ideas and the process by which the people you're talking to um, reason through those ideas and come to their own conclusions. But if you have an argument 
that's good, decent, and supported enough, you're going to have people that believe that argument if you can word it the right way. Like that's because if it if it jives with what their worldview is already and and makes them feel mm-hmm. better, then then they're going to rock with that truth. So if you can point to you know, 25% of Congress and, you know, 10, 12% of the Senate that's on board with your worldview. That's not, th- those aren't people with no credibility. Like, right. it's not like this is just some person on their walkie talkie spouting stuff. Like, no, this is inside the halls. It's not Newsmax Mm-mm. and OAN. This is real people anymore. that got duly mm-hmm. elected. That's like, okay, man. I, I, now we got to take the next step and be like, why are they doing this? Do they really believe it? Is this politics at play? Are they making some type of judgment? Do they think you're going to forget about it later? All those things are, 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 are coming to the fore. I get so mad, so mad when people preface things by saying, is this just rhetoric dot, 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 or? And I'm like, there ain't no dot, dot after no, <laughs> is this just rhetoric? Rhetoric is all there is. Rhetoric is what inspires action it's the only thing that ever has these words this this constitution you speak of that's rhetoric those are words that declaration of independence you love so much rhetoric words that formed actions nations states unions and if words can create them you better believe words can tear them down absolutely spoken like a true communication studies scholar I got a rep for my discipline here. Like, I'm like, man, y'all don't know what you're talking about. Empty rhetoric. Re- mm-hmm. Just rhetoric. Yeah, what? it's, it's used me? as a word that's like pejorative. As though it doesn't have power. It's so pissed off. So to your point that you then have to think, you know, what's the calculus here? Do you think it's this, which is, at least for most of them, they're thinking, oh, wow. Donald Trump, even though he lost, obviously, pulled 70 million votes. We don't want his supporters to turn on us. So we'll put on this show. It won't work. But then in 2022, 2024, you know, depending on when we're up for re-election, we can say, look, I stood by you. I, I These other guys didn't, but I stood up for what was right and kind of used that to hold on to power. Or what do you, what's your take? To quote Chris Rock from Fargo. <laughs> Okay. This past season. Oh, and I didn't watch that. Okay. To quote Chris Rock from Fargo season four, they are on the ride now and they can't get off until the roller coaster stops. You already did what you did. There ain't no half steps. Donald Trump, this is one thing I don't want to say admire, but it's one thing that I respect out of that man. You either with him all the way or you are against him totally. There ain't no lukewarm. There ain't no fence setters. Donald Trump will put you to a position for every chip in your bag, for all that you have. And if you ain't with him, he will remember and he will exercise his rage on you forevermore. And when they look at the totals in these states and you see how many people voted for the president in these states and they look at how much of the total they got, out of the state they're like man how can i win if he says anything negative about me statewide you can't because the republican party has been co-opted now they let it happen they let it happen you drove a bunch of people like myself to another party Mm -hmm. and within the party you brought a bunch of people in that didn't really have nothing to do with politics to begin with but now they're like yo we got a voice and they want to be heard like anybody else now You know, there's a whole lot of debate about who and what the Republican Party is is, is standing for. And and, and people want to parse and be like, okay, is this Trumpism or is this the Republican Party? I don't make those distinctions. Trump is the Republican Party. Mm -hmm. And he has been since around 2014. The RNC said so. Right. Their party platform platform. is his platform. They said that. (laughs) Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Now. There's a whole lot of banter and we've had people on, you know, the show and we've been talking like, is the president raising? I don't care. What I do know is this. People who are proud of their racist ideas, they got a lot of love for what he say. Yep. And so if if 
if if the grand wizard david duke is on camera talking about yeah this is a good thing for what i believe in you in the wrong camp you in the wrong boat and if that's not immediately dismissed strongly and said oh i don't care what he thinks we don't want his support i can't i can't be aligned with any movement that some some people that feel that way are down with mm-hmm. i'm not whatever side that is because 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 let's just get right down to it those folks and the people that feel like them they would kill me and my family if they knew they could get away with it that's just the bottom line of it they would kill me and mine if they knew they could get away with it because they dang sure don't appreciate what we bring to the table and they don't respect what we've been able to do. And they're like, matter of fact, they're contrary to our worldview. They stand in direct opposition to what we believe about their race. Hmm. Because you don't believe that I can do this or that my wife can do what she can do or that we can raise our kids in a loving home. You don't believe in that. And so to say, it's like, Oh, yeah, well, you know, black people are lazy. Black people are dumb. Black people are stupid. Well, what about Professor Lestrap over there from Texas? They don't like the people have to think about that. And I know what I represent. My whole life is a social movement. So, nah, I'm not just going to sit over here and be like, let's just pat ourselves on the back and try to look at progress and say, mistakes were made. Let's move on. Ain't no moving on from this. Ain't no moving on from this. He lost, he lost badly, and people should be running away from him, but they ain't. And they ain't only because they want them votes. Because they're on the ride now. Mm -hmm. They can't get us back. They can't get the vote. Nah, they got to keep what they have or lose for the next 20 years. Right. Yeah, because they made that decision by backing and not stepping away. Mm -hmm. And you're, you're very eloquently speaking to the personal impact that this year has had on you, but on so many in terms of what this administration has meant. And now it's like, okay, let's move on. It's Mm-mm. over. Let's, let's healing. Mm-mm. Kumbaya. And what you just said is reflected in what a lot of people are saying, like, Oh, I'm sorry. No, there needs to be some accountability or reckoning. We can't just say, pretend like that didn't happen. Yeah. And I'm not looking for a reckoning like, oh, y- y'all need to be prosecuted. I'm looking at a reckoning like your political ideology needs to be dumped in the trash heap forevermore. So any other idiot out it there that wants people. to run that mm-hmm. way can look and be like, oh, it didn't work out for them. We got to find a new strategy because I don't care why you want to be inclusive. I don't care if it's about getting these votes or not. That doesn't matter to me. I just need you to not be speaking that hate as a strategy to get elected. That's what I need mm-hmm. as a human in 2021 that's what i need straight up and down and if you can't do that then i can't rock with you right do you see a world where you can vote within the republican party again if so what does that look like if larry if if larry hogan ran i'd vote for him the governor of maryland if larry hogan ran i rock Uh right i would rock with him right now you know But as I look at the landscape, as I look at like what what they would have to do, you know, the Republican Party that I that I thought I was a part of. I mean. Shoot, man, that's Joe Biden. You know what I'm saying? Like 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 Joe Biden and Kamala, like Kamala Harris. We talked about this with like that was like she was like, oh, yeah, the prosecutor from California, like you because. There has to be a balance. Like, yeah, I lean center right, but I know plenty of people that lean center left. And 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 the the main thing in there is center. My my life is one of moderation, right? Like Aristotle makes that great quote where he's like, too much food or too little food is bad for the body. You gotta have some type of midpoint. And that's where I live, in the midpoint. I can see your other side. I don't hate you for that. You can see me for mine mm-hmm. and don't hate me for that. And, and and that's where it is. And so what type of party as a national platform could I get down? Because I never voted straight ticket. I, I, I always try to vote like who as an individual represents my interests best, right? And whoever that is, I felt like, mm-hmm. okay, cool. Like, you know, in, in Waco, you know, I was down with Chet Edwards forever because of what he did for the vets. I'm like, yo, I'm the, I'm the sure. child of Marines. Like, 
Chet Edwards. I don't care what idea. Mm-hmm. I, you're down with these veterans. I'm down with you, Chet Edwards, until, until. Right? You know, Republican. Right. And he was. I don't care. You know, and, and then, you know, Obama vets him for VP. And then, you know, he gets tanked and he's out of here. That's not good for Waco. Right? Like, it, and, and Waco veterans. It's no, not good. it's not, obviously. That's a bad deal. Bill Flores has not so, been good. And, and now we've got madness from dallas right right a carpet bagger comes down because he can't win up there and get, yeah yeah all that all mm-hmm. that. right yeah where, where you at chet <laughs> so yeah i don't i don't i don't know what it looks like I, I couldn't i couldn't imagine what it looks like because this this idea of being fis- fiscally and socially conservative was a lie the whole time it's a lie the whole time and that's kind of what is wild to me in the party of limited federal government that believes in local and state rights. They're trying to overturn the votes of individuals and the certification of state votes at the federal government at the top. Like that is in and of itself everything the Republican Party says in language that it's against. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I hear you. <laughs> it's not. It's not the best. It's not the best position to be in. How do you? Um, I mean, this is you know we don't have the ability to see the future, but Biden is coming into a monumentally difficult time because of COVID and because of everything we just talked about and all of the havoc that Trump has brought upon us for the last four years. How do you think he does? Uh. I think I think he has the opportunity to do really well because vaccine is hope. The vaccine is mm-hmm. hope and the vaccine is going to get rolled out regardless. And you know the time that follows that when when most Americans are feeling comfortable to go out and get out and about that wave, that tidal wave of economic growth and joy is going yep. to cast a glow on his presidency. And it, <laughs> he's going to ride that wave. He's going to ride that wave. And and he's done a very good job of picking diverse cabinet members who are institutionalists. It's like, these people ain't radical. These people ain't progressive. These people are center left people who believe in institutions, who are going to keep the trains moving on the tracks. They're just, you know, of diverse backgrounds. So we could say, and the first check, 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 check. But you down with the system. You ain't coming to break nothing apart. And, and, you know, to a center, to a center right person like myself, that makes me smile. I'm like, oh yeah, 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 let's do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's the opposite of the approach that Trump has taken, which is let's bring people in. If anyone's ever said this institution should no longer exist, that's the person in charge right. of it. If we can't have that person, if that person doesn't exist, we'll just find someone who has no expertise in this area that's loyal to me, and we'll put that person in charge of it. And that was, I think, that was the entire strategy for. His I, I believe that. Yeah, yeah. When you, when you look at uh, energy. Uh, education and the environment those three alone you're like whoa these people hate mm-hmm. those things like those people like whoa like right? dude <laughs> mm-hmm. to say nothing to like agriculture and urban development and all like I, but 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 those three like i don't mean to laugh because there's devastation afoot back of those people for real um but i understand you kind of have to laugh <laughs> just uh keep it moving no like straight up in in my lifetime you know i turned 40 this year in my lifetime when do you turn 40 march so in my lifetime man we got i got a cop to it like the radicals came to office on the republican side Hmm. like the most norm smashing dangerous president came to office via the Republicans because George Bush wasn't like that. Ronald Reagan wasn't like that. Mm-hmm. Bill Clinton dang sure wasn't like that. And Obama dang sure wasn't like that. They weren't radicals in policy. They were institutional center folk that did what they needed to do. What's, what's crazy to me, though, is that 
Trump's policies were fabulous for the economy before COVID. I mean, fabulous. I, I mean, growth. And it's like, man, what kind of country do we live in where those types of policies are what really give the economy right. the shot in the or arm it needs? Like, deregulation. That's, like, woo, mm-hmm. that's wild. Mm-hmm. But it's the same country where after a school shooting, gun sales go up. So, you know, like, that's where we live. We got to, like, own that. We're, right. we're not the heroes in this story. Capitalism like, we're, does not equal morality. Yep. No. Just because it like, makes no. money doesn't mean it's good. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. That's a good example. Oh, well, I don't know that we have time to do our 2020 year in review, which I might, don't have the bandwidth. I, I was just going to say might as well, because we might need to like go to a therapy session before we do that <laughs> to prepare ourselves emotionally and mentally. Um, do you have, at least to the point that you would want to share publicly, do you have resolutions or intentions or hopes for 2021? Oh, sure. Do you do things so- like that? Yeah, I want to I want I want to read I want to read the Bible more, especially to my daughter mm. out loud. You know, I I try to, but I I I want to make that more 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 a part of the routine. Um mm-hmm. I want I want to be more patient with myself. Ooh, that's a good one. It's like I've been since 2009, my whole life has just been what's next. Like, what is next? Mm-hmm. I got these things. I'm trying to accomplish these things and I got to get there. And I done took all this time and I done wasted all this time and, 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 and I don't got no more time to wait. Like, that's just been my, my ethos for since 2009. And it's like every single big moment in my life. Going leading up to that moment, I'm like, man, if I could just get past this, everything's gonna be. But what I'm noticing about myself is like, no matter what I do, no matter what I, I will make up something new to some new mountain to climb. Like I will do. Strive for. There ain't mm-hmm. no. And then we. And I'm like, man, I gotta start living more in the moment and less in the future. Because if I'm blessed to live another 25 years, I'm gonna look back on these years and be like, that was the prime of your life. You should have enjoyed it instead of thinking about what was next, you know? And so that I'm really trying to be more mindful of that. Mm, That's good. That's hard to do, especially in academia, when you've got metrics that are on this time frame of semesters, years, reviews. It's kind of ingrained in us to feel that way. Yeah. But I suspect no one puts more pressure on yourself than you do. It's true. But I think we're all like that. We wouldn't have got here otherwise. We wouldn't have got here otherwise. Yeah. No, that's a really good one, though. Just being in it. I've tried to be aware of that, too, even when I'm like with family or, you know, not to be somewhere else, not to be thinking what I need to do, writing my to-do list in my head. But just, <laughs> right. look, if I'm not working right now, then I need to not work right now. You know, like, what's the yeah. point otherwise? You're not getting anything done. Just be with this person. Don't overlap yeah. so much. Don't work while watching TV. Like just watch, just yeah. enjoy it. Watch that movie together. Mm-hmm. Those are good. Um, let's see. I've got a few. I'll share a few. Uh, well, mm-hmm. to get into a program, PhD program, but I've done what I can for that. So that's just uh, applications are sent. Mm-hmm. They're gone. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. All right. Work. So that's you know that was before the new year. So I can't really do anything except wait. And I had some great people supporting me. So that's wonderful. That feels nice. And definitely drink less in 2020. That became, I know that's a little bit cliche, like work out more, drink less. But 2020 alcohol became a crutch for sure. So yeah, I don't think it can. I, I hear you for sure. But I think we could all say that. Oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Um, but I've just, you know, like, oh, okay, this is a habit. This is dependency. I don't think it's a problem if you don't let it become one. So Mm. just being mindful of that and scaling back and just having like boundaries around when and how much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I've started implementing those things and it's been harder than I thought, which confirms that I need to do it. Oh yeah. 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 Um, uh, And then balance is a big one. Just finding balance, especially if I'm in a start a program, which is TBD. 
sort of to what you're speaking of with mindfulness, but just finding balance and not letting kind of the urgencies of others, not taking those on. Yeah. I mean, it's people that there's, there's certain scriptures that people quote, even whether they're familiar with the Bible or not. Mm-hmm. One's John three sixteen, And the other one is like, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, Philippians four thirteen. But right before that, you know, Paul is saying, I've learned how to be rich. I've learned how to be poor. And then he says, in whatever state that I am, I've learned to be content. So mm-hmm. you gotta, we got to learn to be content before we can do all things. If you ain't content in whatever state that you are, you won't be able to do all things. Like the, it came before that for a reason, you know, like, and that's context matters. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You can't just pluck that out. Oh, I can do all things. Well, what if you're not content though? In you, in your own skin in your own life and place and time. Yeah, that's like good. that's the first thing that has to happen. Yeah, cuz that's a reflection of you're in a good place mentally. You're accept you're content in yourself, your surroundings even though life still throws stuff at you. And then you can do more. So mm-hmm. Yeah. So just simple ones. I mean, more patient with yourself and finding balance. <laughs> We're like those are small, but those are the big ones. Yeah, and the small like the small things add up to the big things yep right like you put the small things together and they turn into big things right like you about to you about to knock out this phd program you ain't gonna you ain't gonna write you ain't gonna write all your stuff in an afternoon right this it's little it's little little moments like Mm -hmm. incremental progress towards and you know like that's a life you know lizette's telling me all the time because I, I, I always preface things. I'm like, okay, I'm trying to do this or I need. And she's just like, you're doing this. Mm-hmm. You're not trying to do anything. You're doing it. One step in front of the other. And I'm like, oh, look at my CV. Look at what's going on. Oh, it's, it's like, how long you had this job? Didn't you get this job before you even done with school? Isn't that a big deal? Uh, you know, because you just, the things that you do, you push away. And the things that you're not doing, you, we amplify. You only see the gaps. <laughs> Mm-hmm. and that's not healthy no definitely not because there's always something to find because like you said you'll create a mountain yeah oh those sound like good intentions i like them mm-hmm. anthony do you have a quote for us i do from the philosopher stringer bell <laughs> is you taking notes on a criminal conspiracy <laughs> This has been This Is For The CV. Thanks for listening, Mom. This Is For The CV is a Larson and Lestrat production. Editing done by Rebecca Larson. Music performed by Issa Black. Thanks, man.